love yourself, look in the mirror, just like that, and smile, and thank God for who you are. Because if you ever get the opportunity to look in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, everything God did, what did he say, Tracy? It was good. This is Pouring Good Tea, and I am your host, Tracy Van Buren, That Van B Girl. And I am super excited about today's conversation. Um, I'm excited about all of them, but especially this one, because I have my muse, my mentor, my love, my friend, my pull it together pal, if you will, um, on this conversation. Today, we're sipping good tea. It's always good tea. And we want to talk about the, the focus is religion versus relationship or religion or relationship. And we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into that. I do have a disclaimer. The beautiful woman that we have is not the representation for all religion. All of this is opinion-based and experience and it's hers. So agree or disagree, have these conversations in your circles and continue to enjoy good tea. Now, I have so many things that I could say about who you are, but they're all personal. They're all my experience. And sometimes we try to label a person. So my first question would be, how would you introduce yourself and who are you? I am Donna Fant and I feel like I am a friend to people who have a hard time having friends because I try to be non-judgmental and we do know that when it comes to religion, they, they can read Matthew 7 all day long, judge ye not that you be not judged, but they end up judging people anyway. Mm -hmm. They judge each other and they judge people outside of the church. So I feel like I am somebody, I'm, I am an ambassador for God. I am a mouthpiece for the Lord. Okay? When he needs something said, that he can depend on me to get it said. <laughs> Amen to that. I, I would 100% agree. And while you were saying that, I had so many um, experiences where you've done just that. It's always been in love. And even sometimes love is correction. And, and I appreciate even the incorrections that I've gotten uh, for myself over the, over the years, I should say. Um, we're, I'm going to call it COVID light because we're coming off of the full-on pandemic and quarantine. How has that been for you? How has this quarantine been for you? It was kind of strange at first when they, the inch, what is the shelter in place mm -hmm. was first uh, put in and people were told to stay home, not go to work, not go to the store and just, just, just stay in the house. And because I live alone, it wasn't a problem at first, but see, I'm the kind of person that if I need to get out, I'm going. And so I put in the safety measures, you know, with the mask and all of that stuff. And I remember going out one day and I got on Interstate 85 and it was empty. And I thought about every horror movie I had ever looked at. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, it has not really, um, it hadn't really bothered me because I'm the type that when I get tired of staying in the house, I will get in my truck and I will drive. 
And what I have done, say if I have a letter that the mailman could just pick up from my box, but I'll get in my car and mm -hmm. I would drive all the way to the post office in downtown Charlotte just to make, just to have an errand, just to, you know, be outside of my house. Right. Right. And that's, that's actually healthy. Um, mm -hmm. Primarily you're a minister. It's not all that you are, but how has the pandemic affected your role and how you minister to others and, you know, just overall your experience as a, as a minister during this time? Okay. First of all, the church has been closed since March of 2020. Okay. Uh, recently they've started going back, but I haven't gone back. Hmm. Uh, when church was open, I had a, um, a Sunday school class that I taught adults. Oh, yes. And it was a very diverse group, you know, maybe like 35, I think one guy and it was like 80 and he kept coming. And so my daughter told me about zoom. Didn't, I had never heard of zoom. I heard of legal zoom, but I still didn't know what that was. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so she was like, you know, you're always talking about that Sunday school class. Why don't y'all go on Zoom? So, of course, I had to get my 23-year-old granddaughter to set it up for me. Right. And so I have been teaching uh, Sunday school on Zoom since March 29 of 2020. And the class has been absolutely wonderful. Right. We rarely have under 30 people uh, coming. And so that gives, as a minister, that gives me the opportunity to minister. It gives me the opportunity to sneak a little sermon in there sometimes. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> because I haven't really been preaching because most churches are closed. The ones right. that I'm going to, they have been closed. So as a minister, this pandemic on the good side has caused me to grow closer to the Lord because I had to make sure my soul was being fed. I had to make sure that I was worshiping God. I had to make sure I had fellowship with God. And I had to make sure that I prayed and that my prayers were keeping me and not somebody else. Right. That's that's interesting take on it because I never really thought about it like that all too often, uh, which is why this, this uh, podcast is aptly called, you know, religion versus relationship because all too often we get caught up in, you know, there's rules and regulations. There's, there's things that you do, pomp and circumstance, or, you know, I think those things have their place. Um, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in the way we do something that we don't, we forget who we're doing it for. And so that's an interesting question that's going to lead me to ask, if I were to ask you as a believer, or someone who doesn't even know Christ, what's the difference between religion and relationship? Let me see. Well, when it comes to religion, if, if you are, a, say, a regular church goer, mm -hmm. then you have a lot of internalized beliefs that have absolutely nothing to do with God. Right. <laughs> But because you were taught as a from a child up, this, that, or third, then it affects your relationship because when you get in, especially women, I don't know about men, I can talk about, about uh, women. I am a reverend. Mm -hmm. And when I meet a gentleman, usually I used to wouldn't even tell, I still don't tell him right off the bat that I'm a minister. Right. Because one young guy that I met, we were going out and he kept calling me minister. 
And I had to tell him my first name is not minister. Okay. And so I think when we get caught up in religion, which is just a belief and not caught up in God, then that's when the relationships start to um, be affected. And especially for black women, black women in the church, if we be, if we are honest, we have been told so many different things about how God would judge us and set mm. us on fire if we don't do, if right. we don't do this or do that, that we can't have healthy relationships. Right. Because even in the church, you'll find women that have come to the church, they'll work in the church, they work in the kitchen, they clean up, they do this, they do that, and then you go to their house and their house ain't clean. They're cooking in the church and they Ooh. get home and if their family is not fed. They're at the church. This is religion. They're at the church. They're doing everything for the church. They're doing everything for the pastor. And they uh -huh. get home. And you got Joe back at the house. Right. And then you wonder why he's acting like he's acting. <laughs> we might have to have you come back to kind of <laughs> go further into that because I, I, I think that we forget that. I think that's that you've made some very valid points. Uh, one of the things that stuck out was the, tar the part about dating. You are a woman before you're a mom, before you any of these other roles that you fill, and you're a woman. And I know, you know, I, I'm a preacher's kid of a preacher's kid of a preacher's kid. And one of the last things that I wanted to do was to fully commit to God because I saw so many people that wore religion, wore relationship in the form of how we dress, how we, you know, you know, even the conversation was how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. And so I thought, let me go out here and have fun. Nothing's wrong with that. But I just thought, let me go out here and have some fun. And then when I'm bored, I'll have nothing else to do. Then I'm going to become a Christian. And so for those who don't have the best relationship or shy away because of those stereotypes and those forces that we've had in the home and our community, how, what would you say about just being a person first? Now, are you speaking about in terms of somebody who's not in the church or somebody who's in the church? Um, let's speak to those who aren't in the church because I think sometimes those of us who are in the church give um leave an un unfortunate taste in the mouth of those who would come to church okay well i think what happens in the church first of all we get caught up in personalities mm -hmm. and if your church is a fairly i've been in both i've been in a small church i've been in a large church right in a small church everybody knows everybody's business okay in the small church, if you don't, you miss Sunday, whatever reason, you didn't come to church Sunday, you can rest assured Sunday evening somebody's calling you. And if, most of the time, they're not calling you out of concern. They're just calling to find out why wasn't you at church today. Mm -hmm. And because love is lacking in the church today, and I hmm. say that with a, I'm telling you, love is lacking in the church, we go through the motions. We know the right words to say. We know when to throw our hands up. 
We know when the organ hits the right chord, that's the time to jump up and shout. Right. We got all, honey, we got all that stuff. We got it down pat. But then yet we can still turn around and not speak to somebody or walk past somebody. So the people that are in the church, like I said earlier, we have so many internalized uh, beliefs mm -hmm. that when God starts trying to show us something new or show us something different, it's, I love the scripture. It's, I mean, in the word, it, in Isaiah, God said, I'm going to do a new thing. That's right. the word he said, I'm going to do a new thing. <laughs> but people are not ready for the new. And so you got all these frustrated Christians sitting in the church, staring at somebody who's trying to give them a word of encouragement. Right. And it ain't working. It's and ironic. It's ironic that you would say that love is not there when that is one of the greatest commandments to love one another. Um, I'm going to go there then. So there, obviously we know that there is nothing new under the sun, but I think that with the advent of social media and people just kind of being tired, we, we get all access to all things all the time. And so people are a lot more out about who they are, what their beliefs, their sexualities, all of that. Where do you stand on supporting someone that doesn't love like you, that doesn't worship like you? What would you say to that, that person? Well, I have talked to people like that before. And since I am a person, I love learning. Mm -hmm. One of my children told me, say, you don't like going to school. You just like learning. Right. And so I like talking to people to see where they're coming from and to find out what their views are. And I've even expressed in my Sunday school class, uh, talk to people who don't think like you do to see why they feel the way that they do. Uh -huh. You may be able to change their minds. You may not. I tell people in a minute, I don't condone suicide, but I understand why people would want to take that course. Why? Because there have been days when people feel like I've gotten, I'm at the end of my rope. Mm. Nobody understands me. Nothing's going right for me. Nobody loves me. And that other question is, why am I here? And when they can't come up with a reason as to why they are here, they feel like I'm just taking up space. I'll be better off if I'm not here. And some will go through with it and some won't. Hmm. Okay, I, I'm I, don't, a I don't condone it. But you understand it. But I understand it. Okay. Moment of transparency. So um, I am a person okay. that had been diagnosed with PTSD. And for okay. a long time, therapy was available to me because I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. And for years, I didn't go because I was brought up in that mindset that if you pray, just pray. Either prayer or Robitussin was going to fill it out. Going to take care of everything. Prayer, <laughs> Robitussin, and ginger ale. Not the Tussin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for years, I didn't go. I didn't go because I thought that that was me saying I didn't have faith in God or my belief system or what have you. What would you say? Because now, you know, 
everyone is is recalling or living with some type of trauma, self-imposed um, from the past, whatever it may be. Anxiety is a new walking everyday word. What would you say to someone that grapples? Because we're still talking to, and our audience are women within our age group, 40 plus crowd. What would you say to that person that grapples with that? Well, when it comes to anxiety, Black people, sometimes I feel like Black people are born with anxiety and depression because we have a long history of being oppressed. Right which then causes us to be depressed, which then causes us to suppress. So I would say if you have therapy available, go. Mm-hmm. I have been told, I, ha- I, I live with anxiety and depression because I had it as a child, but it went untreated. Right. Because we were always told, oh, go sit down somewhere. Right. Oh, go take a nap somewhere. Right. But yet you still have that sadness on the inside. You don't know where it's coming from because sometimes I feel like my family was a rarity. I grew up with my mother and my father. They stayed married till my father died. So I grew up in that family. I grew up in a family where dad was in the house, the mom was in the house, the brothers and sisters were in the house. But still there were some other things going on towards me. Right. That caused me to be sad that I couldn't tell anybody because like in the 60s and 70s, black people didn't talk about being depressed and committing suicide. <laughs> no. That just didn't happen. You you were not sad. What are you talking about? Right. And especially since we're talking about religion, like you said, they want you just pray. Right. Just pray. But in saying that, uh, there's a scripture in, in the Bible where Elijah went and stood before the 450 prophets of Baal and mm-hmm. God moved, God did what he had to do and all of that. I mean, he showed himself strong. Elijah was the man. He was by himself. But when all of that was done, he heard, uh, what's her name? Jezebel was after him and he ran mm-hmm. because he was afraid. Now, t- think about it. He had God on his side right here. He was good with it. But then when he heard, when Jezebel was after killing him, he ran, he got scared. Right. And he went to the river, the brook Sharif, and he sat up under a tree and he told God, enough is enough, kill me. He was dealing with manic depression right then. Hmm. The brother was depressed. He said, I'm all alone. And God had to remind him, you are not alone. And if you've ever, if you're familiar with that story, the Lord sent a, a, a bird, some kind of bird, I can't remember, but he brought him food. Right. The brother needed something to eat and he needed some rest. And so many times we feel like if we ain't praying, if we ain't reading the Bible, if we ain't at the church, if we ain't looking at T.D. Jakes, if we ain't listening to Yolanda M., if we ain't doing something, we cannot. And then that's why you can't sleep at night because your brain don't know how to shut off. I, I would have to agree. I think that particularly for women that look like me, we were raised with that. Be strong, be productive, be busy and what have you. And um, 
we get really involved with that so that when these moments come, we don't give ourselves an opportunity to grieve or to process it. We just put it in the bag and carry it with the rest of the stuff. And so, you know, for anybody that's listening, I don't think that um, going to seek professional help in learning how to process and unpack all of that stuff is going to have you question your faith and your belief in whomever you serve. And that brings me to a different question. And, and I, I, I was talking to another group of friends and it was a consensus in the group that Christians are one of the few group of people that refuse to study other religions. And I know you've probably done that because you, you know, what have you, but what would be your comment or response to that? Well, and that's not far from wrong. And as I said in my Sunday school class, learn other religions. Right. When I went to seminary, we talked about other religions and there was there was something like this in the back of my head that said, you ain't supposed to be talking about this. I'm supposed to talk about God. Right, right. But that's that internalized belief. Learn about other religions. Find out where, find out their core. Mm -hmm. Find out how they came about to believe what they believe. And one guy that I thoroughly enjoy is Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes. And I've heard a lot of Christians say, oh, he's the devil, he's this. And I would tell them everything the brothers say is not wrong. And something, uh, an old lady told me years ago, she said, learn how to eat the meat and throw the bone away. So when I'm listening to the brother, or if I'm listening to somebody else, I'm picking on what they are saying. I'm picking up on how they are feeling. Right. And then I try to see if it's connecting with me any kind of way. Right. So, I would have to 100% agree. Yeah. I um, In my studies, I found that um, they have more in common than they don't. Um, there's just some things I'm not going to get into and I'm not interested and that's my choice. But, right. you know, the breathing, and, and I find it interesting that we can trust that a whale carried a person, that a rock produced water, that all of these different things that were miraculous things, a, a fire bush that didn't get consumed, but then mm -hmm. we want other people to respect who we are and what we believe in and we tend not to respect other people when I see women in the stores that are covered I'm one of the first persons to say assalamu alaikum it doesn't make me any less a believer in the Christ right that I follow to show respect when we go to other countries we um we want to respect their land and we want to learn a little bit of spanish or a little bit of french and get prepared so we can feel like we're immersed in the moment why don't we do that for other people and with respects to what they believe exactly exactly and there's a scripture in in the old testament in jeremiah god said with loving kindness right me. not beating over the head Okay, so why are we so mean then? Why are Christian folks so mean? They're tense. <laughs> the women are tense. 
Christian folks are so mean because of the teaching that they, the, the, their, their base education is, it's not said, but it's implied that you are better than other people that don't believe like you. And when you run into someone who doesn't believe like you, then you give it to them. You don't try to understand them. You don't try to be compassionate. You don't try to show any mercy. You don't try to show any understanding, anything. It's like it's my way or the highway. But yet we love God. I, interestingly enough, I was talking to a family member uh, a couple of months ago when the whole concept and thought for doing these podcasts and these videos came together. And one of the things that I said to her was, I identify as a Christian because we all identify as something nowadays. I definitely would call myself a Christian, but I don't serve God like my grandmother did. And she became very upset about it, almost like I was being sacrilegious and, yeah. you know, what have you. But I said, no, I don't, I don't serve God like my grandmother did, because obviously as I mature and I can get out and find things for myself, and I'm sure you know, there are people that go to a place of worship and they hear the word, they hear a message every week and they don't really see it for themselves and so I'm the person that supports however you love if you ask me my personal opinion I have personal opinions but I don't have a problem with LGBT they don't need my permission to be who right. they are you don't right. need my permission for any of the things that you do in life where do you stand with that and and how would you embrace someone that says I can't come I, I grew up I grew up in the church, but I was 17, 18, 23, 40, and I never felt like who I really am would be accepted. And I want to go to Christ, but I've got all these stigmas about who I am that he's not going to love me. I've been taught that. What would you say to a listener that is in their 40s still dealing with that? You mean dealing with being um, same gender loving? Same gender loving, whatever, okay. any, any of those things, yes. Okay. Um, my take on it is, see, I'm one of those people, I, I, I have to give you proof. And the word of God said that, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people that I group a lot of people under whosoever. Right. I group gay people under whosoever. I group black people under whosoever. I group women under whosoever. I group educated people under whosoever. I, I group the AIDS patient under whosoever. Amen. The unwed mother under whosoever. I was a whosoever. Mm -hmm. And see, and I don't have to give you everything that I did. You can probably guess some of it. But the thing of it is, God loves us. And my Bible tells me that man looks at the outside, mm -hmm. but God looks at the heart. And we cannot say, we do not have the right, we do not have the authority to say, you're going to hell because you're this or you're that. We, we don't have, we can't make that call. Mm -hmm. I, some of us think we are so safe. When I was in seminary, I got to admit, and you probably have picked up on it already, that the professor <laughs> didn't really care for me. 
because he kept <laughs> he kept talking. <laughs> I, I told him one night, I said, you keep harping on homosexuality and abortion. I mm. said, what about the liar? What about the cheater? Right. What about the backbiter? Right, right. Sin does not come in degrees. God, if you look at the at the at the at the Ten Commandments, stealing a pencil, thou shalt not steal, mm -hmm. and killing somebody, thou shalt not kill, are on the same level. Right. Just not we a percentage. We put degrees on. We say, oh, right. it's nothing but a pencil, but it wasn't yours. Right. <laughs> Man, I love people. And to be honest with you, I get along with gay people better than I do straight folks. That's just the way it is. One person told me you could really be an advocate for the community. Just because I love people, I take people for who they are. And when we had Metrolina AIDS Project in Charlotte, I volunteered with them for 11 years. Wow, I didn't know if it was 11 years. 11 years. My brother died in 1999 and the next year in 2000, I went and got training and I stayed with them to 2011 when they shut the doors. Loved it. Because those people in that community, they, when we used to have events, they, could, they would greet one another. He, you could look like you weighed two pounds. Mm -hmm. You were met with open arms. That's beautiful. And that's love. But that's, that's the love, love that we say that we're supposed to have. Love and kindness have I shown thee. That's the love that we're supposed to emit to other yeah. people and carry it. And um, wow. And acceptance. Yeah. Accept, I, don't tolerate me. Accept me for who I am. Don't tolerate. Don't put up with me. You don't, you don't like me. Don't, be, don't deal with me. Right. But see, as church folk, we got so many boundaries. We have so many rules and regulations of what you can and you cannot do. Mm -hmm. And, and even, even some churches said women must cover their hair. Read the whole scripture. It says a woman's hair is her covering. Come on, y'all. Right. So does that mean that if I uh, have cancer and I lose all my hair to chemo, I'm no longer, you know, acceptable i mean i i think that we we take things out of character and out of out of yeah. place all the time all the time really but no we'll, we'll make an exception for you because that's different as opposed yeah. to this person who right. prefers to wear a short yeah, and how dare you be so fly with your white hair and the short hair and still i mean come on now god, on. god loves me <laughs> he calls me by my first name and there are some people that God will use only me to reach. That's deep. Expound on that. Well, because I, I, I went to seminary, but usually when you go to seminary uh, and when we're talking about preachers, it's usually religion is a male dominated thing. Mm -hmm. So you, you find very few religions that will allow women to be priests or pastors or elders or bishops but the thing of it is i love the way god uses me because i tell anybody i come off the west side west side i come <laughs> off the west side <laughs> and i know when to say isn't and i know when to say ain't ain't right i know when to say hi and i know when to say what up What's we up? have to reach they mm -hmm. do 
We have to reach people where they are. We don't have to go down where they are, but reach them where they are and bring them up to where we are. Well, I would also say that why do we have to characterize one thing or the other? Uh, It's kind of off topic, but I look at some of the rappers because I'm an old hip hop fan. I love old school hip hop. Everybody knows that about me. But I look at some of the people um, that I grew up listening to and I don't have a name specifically, but we assume because they say what's up or how you doing or what's good that that's associated with a socioeconomical level as opposed to just being who you are. I could be a neurosurgeon and still say, what it do? Right. So who cares? <laughs> who cares? Does this label make you feel more comfortable about yourself? And what I find is that when you when you get so caught up in that, and yeah, this this great vernacular. I I have an 11 year old and I want her to speak well because presentation is everything, but I'm just as proud of what it do as I am. Hello, how are you? And I find that as I've matured, that's more about how I want to be seen, how I esteem myself. And so if I do that, then it, it puts me in this bracket. Now there's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you use it as a practice to value or devalue someone else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i don't have i i don't put myself anywhere i tell people i can get along with anybody anybody can't get along with me because of the simple fact that i'm gonna be me i'm gonna be authentic Mm -hmm. and when i preach i am authentic and i preached a funeral for a 20 year old a couple weeks ago Wow. And the majority, it was, it was so many people at that, at that service. And most of them were young and they looked at me and I think they were listening to me, but they didn't hear me until I said, God can meet you in the trap house. Right. And then I saw faces. I saw people, they were looking like, I'm sure they were saying, what's she know about a trap house? But the thing of it was, I got their ear. Because I met them where they were. I'm not trying to present me or God as some formal mist out on a a cloud somewhere. I want the man on the street or the woman on the street to know that God loves you right where you are. Just like you are. Think about it. God loved us. So the thing for us to do is to love him. The Bible never said God didn't love us. They said, because he loved us. Right. So the ball is in our court as to whether we're going to love him back. If you are just joining us, we are having good tea with Minister Donna Fant. And let me just tell you, it's sweet. It's got a little twang for it. And it's hot. (laughs) And it is delicious. We are talking about relationship versus religion. And she, she, she just touched on a lot of things, agree with it or not, even if you don't agree with it, I encourage you to go and do some research, do some introspective research on yourself and do some research on what's out there and, and how you engage with others, because that's what pouring good tea is about. We will have conversations where we push the button a little bit, but it's always from a place of love, not 
you know, not the place of we're relating anybody, but so we got to expose things in order to change them. Um, to that comment, I would ask you, uh, are people in the 40 plus age group who are still attending church or may return to church regularly, are they as involved in service to the community at the same rate that they were 20 years ago? And if so, why or why not? I think now in that age group, because I have children in that age group, um, they're really not concerned with going to church. They love the Lord. I raised them in the church. I mean, Christmas speeches, Easter speeches, plays, fashion shows, all of that. But now that they are older and they have their own mind and they are educated. Mm -hmm. So now that these children are really getting educated, they see the flaws in, in what's going on in the church, not God, but they see the flaws in what's going on, the, the traditions of things in the church. And so now they are in the community like mad. If you have looked at any of the protests that have been happening over the last few years, young people have been out there. You know, back in the 60s, it was preachers and right. older adults in the church. But now... With the protests, guess what? And I don't think on preach I ever saw was Al Sharpton. Right. And the stuff that's going on in Charlotte, I have not yet to see a Charlotte minister out there protesting with these kids. Now they did speak to one preacher, but it looked like he was at home talking okay. to the new guest. So what would you say to our generation? Because our audience is that 40 and 40 plus. Okay. What what can we do? as a community. And, and let me, and I'm going to ask a longer question because okay. it is my belief that, or may, I don't know if, and correct me if I'm wrong. The Bible is where you can learn about everything from how to spend money, how to have sex, who you can't have sex with. Everything about life is covered in there. They talk about sex, getting down, talking about the, the breasts looking like roses and all this other stuff. So why shouldn't I be able to come to that community to learn how to do that in a godly way and how can we in this age group be more involved than we than we've been rather than community? just yes oh there is so much this pandemic has actually shown um the lack of i won't say it's, it's shown love it's shown the lack of love from the church mm -hmm. because when it first happened Church didn't know what to do. Right. When it first happened, all these preachers and pastors wanted to make sure you keep sending your money in. Come by and drop your money off. They didn't check to see if somebody lost a job. They didn't check to see if somebody was sick. They didn't check to see if anybody was eating. Mm -hmm. And then months into the pandemic, I don't know how it started, but then they started with the food giveaways. But my thing was, some of these people were hungry before the pandemic. Right. So right. did you try to find out? These young people are out there. Right. I, man, I hang with young people as much as I can. Yeah. People my age, all they want to do is sit at home and look at the news. Right. I'm done with the news. If I can help somebody, I pass out food. Uh, we have been down Tent City. They've torn it down, but we went down there in the midst of it. We walked down in Tent City and and gave out different packages and things for the people down there. Community is what, what counts. And if you think about it, 
in the Bible, when they set up a church, it was in somebody's house. Right. So they got together in somebody's house to see what the community needed. They didn't just meet at the house to sing and pray and take up money. And I love it with Jesus. He went to the, he went to the temple. They were selling chilling plates, bake sales, hot dogs. They did you say chilling plates? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then, <laughs> having fish fries. Jesus went in there and flipped tables like they reneged at a spade game. <laughs> he flipped the tables. And the thing of it is, see how real that was? See how real it was? <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still processing the chitterling plates, though. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is everything is going on in the church other than connection. Okay. We don't really have any connection going on. You know, you have clicks. Now you got the clicks that are in the church, they they probably stayed in touch with one another. But then there are some people who have not heard from anybody. So so at the end of the day, I am the church. This is the church. Mm -hmm. I am the temple, what have you. What are the uh top five things that I could do to get involved? Because um, you know, sheep follow sheep that follow sheep. Yes, we have a leader, we respect the place, what have you. But if you ever seen sheep in a herd, they're they kind of follow each other. So what can I do as a woman that's in a community, wherever your community is? She uh, Minister Fat is currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. But for anybody that may be listening, give us five things that they could do. Okay. Social media, and I hope this guy doesn't mind. His name is Sean Allison II. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Love him. Okay. He puts every week, sometimes daily, Sean will put things out there that's happening. There are organizations in the, in the uh, community that we could go on, on uh, Facebook and just find groups. Mm -hmm. and go to those groups see what those groups need see what you have to offer to those groups okay make sure that you're part of the organization of those groups and get involved in your local elections get involved with your local uh, 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 politicians that because they sing a beautiful song when they're running, right. you, get their, you get to see their representative. You see the representative doing the campaign, but then once they get in office, you don't hear from them anymore. So you got to get involved in the community, get involved in the politics. And when I say politics, if they say that they were going to create jobs, make sure they're creating jobs. It. If they say that we're all about affordable housing, hold them to it because see now like i say the the majority the people that are listening y'all got education y'all got degrees y'all got masters some of y'all working on your on your phd when my when i was coming up my mom and dad my mom finished the 10th grade my dad finished the eighth wow i didn't get my degree until i was 52. 
because hmm. I'm busy paying for Elizabeth City State for my son and Appalachian <laughs> State for my daughter. <laughs> Which is what we do, right. I had to put my stuff on hold. But use the education that God has gifted you with. And some of y'all got some good ideas of what can be done in the community. And if nobody wants to hear you, you find a group of like-minded people mm -hmm. and y'all get together and make it happen. Did I give you five, six, or seven? <laughs> uh, you gave me a lot. We're going to share these at the end of the day. And okay. um, I've had the benefit of being a part and hearing you preach, teach, and ladies and gentlemen, what you see is what you get. She's got, you know, in the, obviously in a preaching mode, she's got the scripture to back it up. Uh, but she also does, as she said, Zoom is a beautiful thing and it does allow for the in-home Bible study. And it's not just her talking to you. I can, I can attest to that. It's not just her talking to you. It's an actual conversation and there's no stupid question. Um, now I will say, knowing who she is, you play stupid games, you're going to get stupid responses. However, um, I will share if it's okay with you how people can log in and listen to your Sunday school lessons and get involved because uh, not just because of the pandemic, but I think that one of the things that the pandemic allowed for people to congregate like mine and learn is there were people who were working who didn't get an opportunity to, to physically get in church. And there were a lot of uh, churches big, small, or whatever, that didn't have online services or what have you. So I think this era has has created that opportunity. So if you don't have it now, if you want to share it, that's fine. But I'll also include it in our um, description, how people get it can get involved and sign up for your Zoom classes. Okay. You want me to give you that information? You sure can. Give it to us right now. It's Zoom ID is 252 377-7047 and the passcode is 032229 capital T as in Tom capital B as in boy and I know that so well because I've been doing it for the past 14 months <laughs> and what time <laughs> does one log in uh, we start at 9 o'clock and we stay on there as long as you want wow Okay, you heard it here. Get Stay in as long as you want. and tell them that Van B girl sent you and, and get some word. It's it's word, but it's 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 real life everyday things. Mm -hmm. One of the, the biggest things, and I can't remember what minister I saw, but it was a minister that was out on a date and he posted it on uh, some social media, this was years ago, but mm -hmm. that was like an eye opener for me um, to see that they go on dates and they're okay. And they're okay <laughs> with showing that they dance. And I needed to see more of that because mm -hmm. it transformed my relationship from just being that two prayers in a poem or that little thing that you go down to kind of feel like you're saved or you have a relationship. Um, this has been a very, very good talk. And I, I learned something new. Um, I do not want a chitterling plate. I will be honest. No. Yeah. You don't want no hog guts? Uh, no, 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 thank you. I'm good. I'm so no good. Time? I'm good. No, I'm going to continue to sip my tea. Yeah, oh my. with that. I, I, 
so fine so fine <laughs> on that but um what would be a final word you would share with our ladies that are listening to encourage them to become introspective and even share with other people a little good tea good tea ladies would be become aware aware of who you are become aware of the group or groups that you're in who are not depositing positive things into your spirit don't be afraid to say no don't be afraid to say i'm out hold on to you sometimes we give so much of ourselves to other people that when we get ready to change we feel like we're offending them because we're trying to do something better for ourselves and whoever they are you know that they i would write a book but they may not like it i would go into business but they might not like it i would change my hairstyle but they might not like it find out who they are and put them in their place and keep them out of your business and also get a relationship with the lord i don't mean just drowning yourself in it but i would recommend it's a bible version called the message bible mm -hmm. and that is so that's straighter than i am <laughs> It will give it to you the way you can't help but understand what the word of God is saying. Love yourself. Look in the mirror. Just like that. And smile. And thank God for who you are. Because if you ever get the opportunity to look in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, everything God did. What did he say, Tracy? It was good. Mm -hmm. everything he everything. made it was good it was good so when you look at yourself in the mirror you tell god it's all good that's all i got for y'all just love yourself and that was a lot that if your cup isn't running over after that well just go to her class contact her her contact information will be somewhere down here okay. i am okay. i am blessed i am excited i am engaged i am a lot of things and i'm so thankful to you thank you for joining me thank you for having me this i have loved this <laughs>